This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part series on the evolving role of risk, compliance, and ethics. This series is sponsored by SAI Global. SAI Global has developed a new service offering, Ethics Anywhere. Ethics Anywhere is a modern approach to learning. It is responsive on any device, customizable for any organization, and targeted to any user, available in any location, and translated in any language. So your employees can consume content at any time and prepare for any risk and you can collect data to measure any goal your ethics and compliance program may have. For more information on Ethics Anywhere, check out our sponsor's website, saiglobal.com. That's saiglobal.com. In this final part five, I'm back with Paul Johns, and we take a look at the need for an integrated risk management strategy and approach to risk from the tactical level to the strategic level to senior management to the board of directors. This five-part series on the evolving role of risk compliance and ethics is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again for our concluding episode in our five-part exploration of the evolving role of risk, compliance, and ethics in protecting brand and reputation. Today, I have back with me Paul Johns. Paul is the Chief Marketing Officer at SAI Global, and we're going to take a look back at uh, some of the concepts and topics we've talked about in this podcast series, and then perhaps go into the veiled land of the future. So, Paul, with that introduction, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Great. Thank you, Tom. Great to be here. So, Paul, one of the key themes that we have uh, touched upon in each podcast this week has been the integration of not some, simply compliance and ethics, but really reputation, reputational damage uh, and um, going forward for corporations. And I wanted to start with asking why an integrated approach to risk management is so critical in 2018 and indeed going forward. What I'll start by saying is, and maybe as a way to tip my cap to the, the, the men and women who work in risk and compliance, is that I've been working this space for 18 years and I don't think the job has gone any easier despite all the technology. In fact, I'll say that the challenges have, um, have grown exponentially for a number of reasons. 
Um, one of them is the risks that we face across our businesses. You know, they, they reach wider than they used to. They reach into um, cyber security threats that we never had before. They reach into the obligations that you face, not just on third party, uh, but fourth party risk to, to know that, that, that line all the way through to who are manufacturing goods, um, who's servicing you as a third party. Um, they range from every activity, you know, right down into the, um, the annals of the of the enterprise because actually those things that may have been hidden in the past are now blown up and amplified uh, by social media. They are amplified at the top of the organization uh, when a board member who who may have um, fallen into um, some you know issue um, could have slipped away with a severance package um, now turns into a big material you know high profile um, case that that everyone now uh, plays out in in the public domain. So. When you add to that the fact that the consumer doesn't discern, um, that they don't think about, um, and I would say this is part of what we see generally in media, there's not a very sophisticated conversation around these things. It's very simply, did your brand do the right thing or did it do the wrong thing? So, so, so here's kind of where we land today. Um, as a person who is um, in risk and compliance, I, I once heard a CEO describe these people as the, the new Praetorian guard. You know, their job is to kind of put a ring around the senior executives, around the brand of the business, and to protect us from all things. Um, I remember once somebody talking to me about the ROI of risk software, and a CEO said, by ROI, do you mean risk of incarceration? So people take very seriously the things they need to put in place, but if you add together the new threats that exist, physical, digital, virtual, um, high and low, if you add the other di dimension of a values-based um, consumer, I've talked about this before, but also this idea that those consumers don't think about, well, it was a data breach and it wasn't their fault. As far as anyone's concerned, if you're on the wrong side of a breach, of an issue, of an, a missed obligation, it's a very binary, um, I would say, judgment that starts to happen through social media. So what I would say, the case for integration is that actually as a CEO, your brand and actually your risk strategy is only as strong as the weakest component of that strategy. So if you're sitting there on the one hand saying, you know, we have a 25% employee turnover, let's say you work in the retail sector, that could be high as 100%. And we have this archaic way that we do learning through, you know, classroom training. But actually what happens with all the turnover, you've already always got 20% of your organization that haven't taken the code of conduct. And then they fall foul of that code of conduct and now the obligation is on you more than it is on the individual that good example particular a very particular area of risk exposure and if that's being handled by hr in a different department with a different set of measures on a different dashboard versus let's say bringing everything together in a centralized way so you can report up and say here are all the employees that have conducted their policies um, according to, to our, the, the way that we lay out their, their, their employee intake, um, all of the learning that they've completed, all the cybersecurity training has been completed. Here's the data that shows us all the third parties that we've now contracted with that have passed all of the um, stipulations that we put in place. If as a CEO, you're not beginning to get an integrated story put in front of you. And as a CEO, if you can't point to that and say, show me where 
the, the risk is today. Show me where there's a problem. And it could be as simple as we've decided to enter a new market with a new product and we just didn't update the policy and that's the thing that could bite us. And, and at the end of the day, again, if you're not integrating all these components as a C-level as a in the boardroom, you're sitting there not thinking about the 50 things you've done right, but what is that one thing that's going to cause trouble for you that, again, to the, to the, to the consumer, they don't think about the 50 things you did right. I mean, that's the world we live in, right? We, we live in the world where everyone lives out loud and works out loud. They look at that one thing that wasn't handled correctly, and that's how you're judged in the media and by shareholders. Um, and that, unfortunately, again, creates a bigger challenge for risk professionals, and that's why you need to start bringing these things together in a more integrated fashion. So you said something extraordinarily important, uh, particularly to a Texan, and I will have to digress that uh, you articulated compliance as the Praetorian Guard, uh, no doubt as an Englishman. But as a Texan, I've always thought of compliance as the defenders of the Alamo. Now, the problem with that analysis, of course, they all got slaughtered. Uh, and the Praetorian Guard did not get slaughtered. So you have persuaded me that there is a need for a new term in compliance of the Praetorian Guard. So well done. The, uh, uh, the integrated approach, though, I'm fascinated by this uh, because you spoke about it uh, in terms of the management of an organization that you specifically talked about the CEO must be presented with an integrated report report that literally cut across all silos. But you also explain that in a way that the consumers of that report, the customers, the stakeholders, the employees, the press, uh, those outside and commenting social media, uh, that's the type of, of uh, difficulty or, or challenge perhaps for a compliance officer going forward. If I could, uh, what I would like to turn to now is really the ethics anywhere approach, because that's been the theme of what we've been talking about this week. And I wondered if uh, you might conclude with a few thoughts on how you feel the ethics anywhere approach really lends itself to this integration, to this cutting across of silos, but to also providing information to all of those stakeholders. And I should have included regulators because even with everything you've done, if you haven't documented it in a regulator's eyes, it never happens. So how does the ethics anywhere approach really help with all of those? Yes. So let, let me start by saying it's kind of interesting to me um, that we it's almost like the corporate equivalent of the nuclear family. We, we have in our minds the idea of what a business is today, which is so outdated. We almost imagine our employees, you know, walking through a revolving door, hit their swipe card. They're behind a firewall and they sit inside an enterprise in a, in a tall gleaming building with the CEO at the top, compliance somewhere in the middle and everyone else sitting somewhere at some floor, but, but we kind of conjure up in our mind this closed environment where we protect our people and people on those uh, floors, of course, sign into their computer and they um, sit at their desk and then they would take a course and when they complete that course, um, you know, they go about their regular day. But that's not the reality of how our employees and our partners and our, um, our relationships are formed today. Well, the fact is, is that actually there are lots of floors of empty um, desks right now because our employees, our salespeople and our partners, they are working from home. 
They are working on their commute. They are working from their customers' offices. Um, they are dispersed and distributed in a way like never before. Some of those employees are kind of outsourced or offshored. And so I, I've used this term before of us being more porous. So as a CEO, as a kind of a, a risk professional, what you're having to do you're having to think a lot about where my employees are, or, or generally the people that are under the remit of the obligations that we face, and when is it most convenient for them, and on what platform for them to consume the materials that we need them to consume. So the first portion of Ethics Anywhere just pays attention to this idea that actually people aren't sitting at their desk when they need to train. And why do we have dead commute time that they could use? Why can't they finish that course whilst they're on a client site? Um, and so it just, you know, or at home for that matter, or at a coffee shop on an iPad, we don't care. We're very agnostic about the when, um, and actually to a large extent the how. We pay a lot of attention to the integrity of the what. So that's the first thing. We make it flash-free. It can be on any device. You can do it any time. And the analogy I use here, Tom, is, you know, it's a little bit like the old days of going to the Nickelodeon, or for those people that maybe aren't quite that old, just to the regular cinema, it was forced upon me on these hours to watch this movie um, at this particular time. And that's the way that we consume content. Um, but actually, people today, of course, we, we, this is the box set generation, right? You know, we are marathon watchers on my dime, when I want, on any channel, on any device, whenever I care to. And so Ethics Anywhere, if you take that analogy, is kind of like Netflix. You, you can take this course whenever you want, wherever you want. Uh, we can measure the, complete, the completion of it. But at the end of the day, it's the consumerization of tech. Employees today aren't where they were or who they were 10 years ago. So stop trying to force uh, desk-based content onto them on your terms and give them that kind of ethics anywhere experience. So unfortunately, Paul, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting with Paul Johns in a fascinating discussion where we took a look at the uh, Compliance as a Praetorian Guard, I, I, I cannot thank you enough for that term. And that CEOs must really be presented with an integrated risk management report. And then how do you do that at the tactical level? Paul, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you very much. And protect the Alamo. Still works. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this five-part exploration of the evolving role of risk compliance and ethics and our wrap-up today. Once again, if you'd like more information on Ethics Anywhere or on SAI Global, check out their website at saiglobal.com. This podcast series has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.